0: You know what that music means. So can we just talk here on WRSU The Crew? Jack Pasea here, here with Dennis Geisler, Chris Taconis. We just talked with two really good guests, Jerry Carino and Dom Savino, about a lot of basketball, a lot of basketball topics. I mean, that's just the way we like it here at WRSU. I feel like I didn't like. realize their names rhymed until just now. <laughs> Jerry Carino and Dom Savino.
1: Carino and Savino. But, oh, that uh, that should be a podcast. <laughs> Just, be just, a get, really good just get those two in a room together. have them go out about college basketball. Tell me that wouldn't be an awesome listen. I, I
0: mean, I was just saying how Jerry Carino is very, very, very good on the on the radio, or just talk, or just as just as a listener in general, listening to Jerry Carino talk about college basketball, He can do it all day. I mean, he's exceptional. So I wouldn't be
2: opposed to it.
1: Okay. In Any case, what, what did you what did you guys want to talk about for this segment?
2: Well, I we got to spin the wheel. Oh, right, the wheel, yeah, that thing. Right. I gotta bring. It, I brought out the wheel and everything. <laughs> I had to get it, it out, of, it the out of Studio
1: B, where we put all the other stuff we don't use.
0: <laughs>
1: you, gotta me, you gotta give me a second. To oh, on, right? yeah, okay. I'm I mean, sorry. he brought the wheel in, Jack.
2: We gotta like hook it up. Make sure the, I don't know.
1: Make sure it's plugged in.
2: Make <laughs> sure <laughs> it's plugged in. <laughs> Is it on the crew masterboard? Uh Yeah, well, it's, it's I don't know on the, crew, the physical it. We took it out board. of the it's closet, under the blue it? ones down there.
1: Yeah, we're, yeah. we're trying okay. to <laughs> <laughs> work out the technical stuff here. <laughs> <All> God, <laughs> right. what a mess
2: this segment's <laughs>
1: turned into. We're it not even, even really like two started. minutes in. We're not oh, even two minutes man. in. <laughs> we're what off what a clown game. fiesta. Okay. All right, do we have the wheel? Is it ready to go? it's ready to go. All right, let's spin it. Where did it land on Jack? Yeah, what did it
0: land on. Landed on Jack,
1: Jack Paseya.
2: Mm, that sounds rigged. <laughs> very, sus- <laughs> very suspicious.
0: Very suspicious. <laughs> nah. All right. All right, all right I, I, Jack, wanna,
1: <laughs> you have the floor. I
0: wanna start I want to start this segment out with spring break and I wanna talk about specifically professors that think that we that they should schedule stuff or assignments right after spring break starts. We were talking about this at the Targum uh last night, and I completely agree and you know we are we are down one man tonight because of this exact issue. Dylan McCoy pouring one out for you, man. He is uh, writing an essay that's due tonight. Tonight we just had the week off, and he's got an essay due tonight. And I had a criminal. Discu- I had a discussion post due last night. Um, I mean it was like 32 pages of reading or something over spring break. I mean that we had our our group class group and me had a, their fair share of uh, complaints about it, to put it mildly, but. You know, that's nothing compared to an essay that Dylan has to write tonight. And McCoy, man, I don't think you're listening. You're probably writing right now, but uh <laughs> you know, I'm I'm pouring one out for you, man, because this is this is a problem. Seriously though, I think this is the problem that professors, you know, gotta acknowledge. I think most professors don't do this, but you know, scheduling an assignment, you know, within the first two days after spring break ends is kind of ridiculous. It, yeah. you know what
1: it is is it's an I think a lot of professors have this idea that they kind of get tunnel vision. Like, they think about, is this a reasonable amount of work to do for my class? And they never really take into consideration the fact that their students all have four or five other classes that they have to take. Or but
2: even so- just the idea of, like, I mean, take my spring break, for instance. Um, I leave here on Saturday. I come back on Sunday I'm not working for any of those days. I am at home. I have some of the tools to work, but for all intents and purposes, I am not here. I am on break. So even though maybe that's like an appropriate amount of work to do, even over like a a break like that, if it was like a one day off, it's like, oh, this is a, well, not one day off, but you kind of know what I mean. It's like an appropriate amount of work to do. I'm not doing that work. Because that's not where I am at the moment. <laughs> Look, I don't.
0: I don't even think it's about professors getting tunnel vision, Chris and Dennis. Um, I mean, I think we're college students. I think we should recognize that you know professors expect us to do the do the work, et cetera, et cetera. I think just the problem is you know spring break is sp- supposed to be this time where it's supposed to be a break. It's literally in the name, spring break, and. You know, having something due within the first couple of days after, you know, we come back from break is just not realistic because we're coming off that break and you're going to expect us to do something over spring break,
2: if that makes sense. Um, you know, It's also, like, not to cut you off, but it is also, like, uniquely right in the middle of the semester. Like, we don't have a similar break for the fall semester, but spring break, right at the center of the semester, first half of the class break, second half of the class If you plan your class correctly, then no one is doing anything over spring break. Yep.
1: Yep. And I I mean, look, I I just, I don't know. My mentality has always been like, I want to have like the Dennis Rodman mentality to my school. Like when I'm off the clock, I am off the clock. Like if I've got, if I got the time to go somewhere or or just, you know, mentally check out that I'm going to take that. Now I was lucky this semester. I actually didn't have any work over spring break. Which is good because I was busy traversing the American Midwest, uh, following Rutgers on uh, <laughs> almost
0: the west two Coast.
1: almost the West Coast. No, 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 no Jack, you're two not going to get me two points about away this. from the West Coast. Two points away from San Diego, California, and two wins away from San Francisco. But you know, we we actually now, Dennis, and I we uh, we checked the NorCal. Uh, uh, yeah. box off <laughs> san clara is nice not quite san francisco but i liked it there
2: i i think san jose is great yeah we saw the zoom headquarters how could it be oh bad? that's right we did <laughs> when we, were,
1: when we were walking like to the corner for our uber was that when we saw it
2: yeah
1: yeah oh man i, I find it hilarious that zoom <laughs> in person headquarters but...
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was a really big building and everything it's like oh <laughs> do as we
1: say not as we do it's like <laughs> what do you need all that space for you're a video conferencing company you should be meeting on your platform I don't know. Perfect, perfect product promotion. If you <laughs> I ask think me. I think that's so. I find the the subtle humor in that to be like, oh my goodness, that that is just now. Uh, now you got me on another tangent, but <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, but it actually well. Here's the thing: I didn't have anything over spring break, but I had to take a Zoom proctored exam, which is as annoying as it sounds, <laughs> from the Gainbridge Fieldhouse media room because I was there, you know, scouting out the rest of the Big Ten, the second round of the Big Ten tournament. And then at eight o'clock, basically, what my professor had said, I had reached out to him a few weeks before because I knew I had two exams uh, the week of the Big Ten tournament. And I said, I got to make sure I'm good to go for both of these. Last thing I want to do is have a Big Ten tournament trip turn into the reason why I'm back on these airwaves in the fall. Um, <laughs> so I I, I reached out to him. The one guy's like, Yeah, just make it up when you get back. That was one that was on Friday morning. So, you know, I wouldn't have been able to take that anyway. And it was in person. So, you know, that kind of put the kibosh on it. The other one was Thursday night, and I said to him, I'm like, there's a good chance Rutgers is playing on Thursday night. He says, when do you know by? I said, first week of March. So he says, all right, we'll talk about that. So basically what he had said to me was, if Rutgers was playing during that time, I would get out of the exam. If Rutgers was not playing during that time, I had to take the exam. And Rutgers you know, got in, the double bye. In that way, the double buy actually hurt me. <laughs> um, if there were a six seed, it would have been perfect. Um so I long story short, I was there with Jack and uh, Dylan and Henry. Uh who was a photographer. Shout out to Henry. Tar- oh man, that man is something else. <laughs> I didn't I didn't I'd never met him before that that was a Who is Henry? That was a great trip, right? <laughs> right, Jack? Very good trip. Very Welcome good. to Indy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Indy. It's <laughs> an inside to joke, it'll stay between us. Um, I don't get it either, listen. But, <laughs> 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 but uh to get back to your point, I it involves I, Henry Dennis. Basically uh, we watched the afternoon games, you know, hung out. They had great food there, by the way, at Man, the Big Ten tournament.
0: That sounds nice. I mean, it was free, so how could it not
1: be? No, but like by media food standards, it was pretty good because it was in the courtside club that uh, I, they usually have before, for the.
0: Sorry, Chris, before yeah. you continue on uh, how great uh, Game Beards Fieldhouse in Indianapolis was, I, was, I joined you in uh, the schoolwork saga because I, I mean, we're having this conversation about stuff before or right after spring break. Before spring break was. The most packed I've been, like in terms of like school work and like, you know, off like off school work, if that makes sense. Like it was it was ridiculous because I was out in Indy doing the Big Ten tournament and you know, I had like five midterms to submit like essays and all that, and uh, I was literally editing an ed- editing an essay courtside watching Keegan Murray, you know, do unspeakable things to Northwestern. So. It was uh it, it was it was it was a ridiculous experience in indie and uh, yeah sorry to cut you off Chris but I had to put my two cents on that because I feel like all all three all four of us had actually no Henry didn't have anything Henry didn't have any midterms I don't know how that was possible but Henry did not have midterms but uh, the three of us me you and Dylan were really going through it
1: man that is just. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who he had to bribe to get that arrangement, but good for him. Good for him. But long story short, I'm in the Gameverse Fieldhouse media dining room taking an exam for an hour and a half. It was very weird because you'd see like um, what's his face, any cats just walk by me and like I couldn't say or look at him because I had to take an exam. There was a <laughs> camera on me. Um,
0: what what lockdown browser doesn't show?
1: Yeah, and then we uh, then of course as soon as I was done, it wasn't even a lockdown browser. It was just turn your camera on for Zoom. So I've it, had was, that an, happen a it was annoying times. without being effective.
2: Yeah, because he could still just like tab over. If you if you
1: <laughs> wanted to, you could. I would never, but if you wanted yeah. to, you could hypothetically. He wanted,
2: yeah. Did he say welcome to Indy? Did Kat
0: say welcome to Indy?
1: Uh, no, he did not. He did not. that was uh, another gentleman that we encountered <laughs> later on in the trip. Um, but but anyway, basically, the nice thing about it was I would literally just finish the exam and just walk back uh into the media section and watch, Penn State beat Ohio State. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. So
0: by the way, shout out to the guy that we met with his son at the Penn State game. Oh, yeah, the State two Penn State fans. From Marlboro, they were awesome. The pride of Marlboro, New Jersey. I forgot what his name actually I never got his name.
1: Yeah, he never gave us or his great kid's guy, name. Oh, unnamed great.
0: the unnamed father and son combo. Great, great people.
1: A Penn State fan and his son, who were from Central Jersey, who also just so happened to have listened to our broadcast of the Rutgers Penn State game right before the Big Ten tournament. And we're like, yeah, of all funny. of the Penn State fans to run into, it's the one that, A, knows what WRSU is, and B, listened to us, like, recently. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are the odds? But
2: That's pretty great.
1: Yeah, other than that, I mean, look, the Red Roof Inn it was a crime against humanity. The, particularly the one on uh, the outskirts of Indianapolis by the airport. I mean, like, the curtain was, like, halfway off the wall. Um, it was a pet-friendly hotel. So, I mean, the... The hallways basically smelled like the Garden State Parkway. Um, it's a tough and, thing to emulate. Yeah, and and the only dining options were a Waffle House or a uh, a Speedway convenience store.
2: <laughs> and the Weaver Bar and Grill.
1: Oh yeah, well that was in downtown. I'm talking about like around okay. my hotel.
2: Okay. That is. Dramatically worse than even e- even what I'm used to is the around the Indianapolis Airport area, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is we, not the uh, greatest we, uh, area.
1: We swung and missed <laughs> I was, on that arrangement. We
0: were uh, me Henry and I were uh, like what 15 minutes outside the city.
1: You guys had a slightly nicer hotel, but you were in a much worse location.
0: I mean, like not really though. Like I, I didn't think it was that bad like of a location like yeah f- 15 minutes out it really wasn't that long no
1: but i mean like the the one benefit of our hotel was we were right by the airport mm. Yeah, and and you know like so well, when we had to go to the airport <laughs> it was pretty straightforward whereas you were kind of out of the way for both
0: i'll trade i'll trade that off based no, on the I first too. based in on the first, I too. first call i called you guys uh once we once we got <laughs> settled in i'm like hey chris how's it going over there he's like let me tell you by the <laughs> let me tell you what the as like would you say what let me tell. Let me give you the radio description of what this uh, hotel was like, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was everything you just described on and then, and then over FCC Airway.
1: I don't think I told you. Uh, I don't think I told you, Jack. I definitely didn't tell you, Dennis. Um, it's the first time seeing you since the tournament. Uh, but we got to uh, we got to Dayton. Basically, what we did was we canceled our flights and rented a car like the night we were supposed to leave. The end of the Big Ten tournament. When we, as soon as we found out, we were in Dayton. So we rent a car, drive like two hours east to Dayton, Ohio. Check into our hotel, which is right across from the National Air Force Museum, which is pretty cool. But other than that, there's not much going on there. But um, so we go to the press conference the next day, and uh, our 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 friend Brian Fonseca unfortunately made the same mistake we made in Indy in booking a red roof
2: inn.
1: Mm. I was like, oh no, oh no, this is <laughs> becoming a pattern. That 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 was just like. <laughs> uh, uh, some Politis, needs Politis, to be
0: Politis, uh, Politi's tweet talking about Fonseca's like uh, hotel arrangement was hilarious. He's like, um, he, he's like, this is where Brian, this is where at uh, Brian F or whatever his tag is is uh, staying. And he's like, quote, "It'll be fine," he said. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty uh, <laughs> No,
1: it's not fine. They're charging. They charge us sixteen dollars a night for a reason. <laughs> Sorry, oh, s- six
2: man. zero or one six.
1: Six
0: zero. You okay. did say
1: you did say UD <laughs> Arena is really nice though, right? What what? Gainbridge?
0: No no no. UD Arena in Dayton. Oh Dayton
1: oh yeah, it was like one of the nicest college arenas I've been in, for a mid major especially. It was like re- I think they renovated it recently. At least it looked that way to me. But I did not feel like I was in a college arena. I felt like I was almost in like a mini NBA arena, if that makes sense. It seats about I want to say ten thousand. I think is the capacity there. I could be wrong. You know, what? let me look it up. I want to be sure. UD Arena.
2: We'll
1: find out now. Oh, actually, more than I thought. 13,409. So it's almost like double the capacity of the rack.
2: Yeah, so. I mean, that's pretty good numbers even for like a major program.
1: It was also the site of the first ever HD TV broadcast for ESPN in 2002. How about that for a fact? Okay. Yeah.
2: That's interesting. <laughs> of
1: all the places where you would have expected to see that, Dayton is one of them.
2: I mean, I guess I could imagine why it would be a like not premiere broadcast where they're just like, hey, we have to test this equipment and we don't want anyone to be too mad if it doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I guess. I guess that's uh, that's one way of looking at it. But um, yeah, but but Dayton was it was fun. The arena there was really nice. We got like I said, we got courtside seats. We were like when you're on the. When you're looking on T V at the Rutgers bench, we were on the near side at like the foul line. Right next to Jerry Recco and company. Um had a pretty good view. Paul hit that game tying three to send it to OT like right in front of me. Like I'm talking less than ten feet away that from That should have
0: won the game, man.
1: I mean Right, right. It was a go ahead one, this, yeah.
0: This can't we just talk? I don't I'm not I'm not devolving <laughs> into
1: what yeah. I had to do. no 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 sense to go through what ifs. That's what alumni <laughs> night lines for. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a it was overall a, a productive trip. I, it has to be the longest WRSU trip in recent history, at least.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I thought there was no way that we could surpass the uh, Virgin you know Islands trip that Sean me. and I went on, but uh, <laughs> or even the um. Uh, talking about the California one. No, I'm talking about uh. The the Fort Lauderdale Air Airport.
1: Oh. Am I... Oh, no, I go- <laughs> but that was, like, about the same length as the, that had to be the same Thomas length. one. It just had a yeah. uh, a much more uh, unfavorable travel <laughs> return. Yeah. Imagine this. You're trying to sleep in an airport. It's, like, 3.30 in the morning. You hear an automated announcement go, Welcome to the Fort Lauderdale airport. <laughs> That's what Troy and Raj had to go through. And um, I think they deserved, like, reparations from the airline <laughs> after there, that.
0: Has there been any international WRSU trips that one well that was that, that was, was in the bahamas. bahamas that year okay like outside of like bahamas and outside like the virgin bahamas. island virgin uh, islands like we're talking wha- i'm talking international
1: Rutgers played a bowl game in toronto in 2007 okay. that, oh um women's basketball thanksgiving weekend 2018 they played a uh, a, a multi-team event at vancouver okay that doesn't that's that is that does classify
0: as legit international travel i wouldn't say but so. um, wait wait
1: wait you, you wouldn't consider that legit international travel. I said that does consider. Oh, it. That oh does, I'm sorry, that, Joe, I'm sorry. That
0: is legit international travel. But oh. I didn't know if we had like a Beijing bowl or something like that to, to bring up to bring up <laughs> a, a you previous fake, WRC crew. Uh, the fake
1: uh, international bowl game. Yeah, I didn't know if we had to go to Paris or something. <laughs> That's on it. Like Six a.m. Eastern time. <laughs>
0: it's not international, but Hawaii. I know. I know Chris. You baseball. Were talking. Baseball went to Hawaii. Yeah, I
2: know. I know if you weren't. Was that in, the trip when they got uh, jet fuel all over their equipment? No no that or was, was that, a um, different one?
1: that was like right before COVID hit they were yeah. coming back from Washington State
2: yes that you're was right. when
1: like they like lost like half their equipment to that
2: and right after that they lost a the game do you know who they lost it to
1: Oh, that was the last broadcast we did before COVID
2: hit, right? And I was there. You were you were there with who? Who else was on that? Uh, it was me and Raj. You and Raj.
1: And I remember Baxter was running the board, <laughs> and Pav basically broke in. I mean, at the time it was very scary, but it, you can kind of sort of look back on it a little bit better. Not not you know in, in the pandemic. Well, no, obviously. that was that was a
2: different one. Oh, that wasn't the last one. No, that wasn't because I mean we had uh, oh okay had the a men's MJ basketball confuse. tournament after that. Who did they play? Uh, it was, was it St. Peter's? It was St. Peter's. Oh,
1: I remember that game. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember. Uh we had a uh, former um we had a WRSU alum, uh Sam Mars was doing that game for Big Ten Plus and he uh paid yeah. us a visit uh back in the studio after, which was nice of him. Mm-hmm. Um I, I know we're I yeah. know it's kinda off topic, but I mean this it's can we just talk everything well, here is okay. off topic.
0: <laughs> I s Dom Savino said something that almost took me out of my chair when he said it. Casey Nadefo is a three-time Defensive Player of the Year in the MAC. It is think the about that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> think about that. I, the, the, this is also unrelated to what you just said, but I remember a couple weeks ago, uh, Chris. I was um, uh, I I say it to Chris. I was being passive-aggressive about the MAC, and uh, you were coming back at me with stuff about Iona, how well Iona was doing at that time, and little did we know that a different team from the MAC was really going to take over. <laughs>
1: Yeah, everyone thought it was gonna be Iona and um also in that conference
2: <laughs> Monmouth. Yeah.
1: Don't forget about Monmouth. They had a very good year as well. Monmouth's gotta be like steaming right now. Led by led they by think that
0: they could do what CP oh, is yeah. doing.
1: Oh yeah. Led by a star uh scorer George Pappas, who's my favorite mid major player for reasons I should not have to explain. Um I mean, if there's a way we can get him on Rutgers next year, I'll take that 10 times out of 10. But <laughs> I think what's impressive about Casey Indefo and Defoe, uh, and and this is something that Dom alluded to in the interview as well, he's a three time defensive player of the year, 6'7, 195 pounds.
0: Yeah, he's going to have his hands full. He, on
1: do- he doesn't it. have the, like, and this isn't like a knock on him, it's actually a credit that he's able to be as good of a defender as he is. But he doesn't have, like, the build of someone who you'd expect to be a defensive player of the year Definitely not, like,
2: interior. No, no. Like, well, they play
1: very small. Six is, like, yeah. their tallest starter.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, that's just about Caleb McConnell's size, but he's a perimeter defender primarily. He doesn't really depend. He actually, in Defo is actually
0: Caleb McConnell's size. Because Caleb McConnell's, yeah. like, 6'7", 200. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I,
2: thought
1: he, I thought he was a little... Bigger than that. I like, have that. I not, have that not not memorized h- by the way, because
0: I had to write about these guys like for like thirty some odd games. So I <laughs> always have to hyperlink them
1: too. What's up? You always have to hyperlink them too.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I I, I do know that Caleb McConnell is
1: around in Defoe's height and weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know about the weight. I didn't know he was the same height, but but even still, it's but like also Caleb he's playing McConnell. a different position. Yeah, too.
2: he 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 tracks down opposing like shooting guards. <laughs> like in Defo's is interior. Like that's really crazy to try to match up, even in. Some of these smaller conferences, like you're still having to match up against some pretty big guys. Yeah. And and Defo's really gonna have his hands full. I I almost said
0: it before, but <laughs> Zach Eady. I think Savino said eight it. Eight foot eleven. He was, he's like, he's like <laughs> eight four. Like I, I I don't know how Defo and Shaheen Holloway and the crew are gonna work on guarding Zach Eady. I mean Savino said it, like Jaden Ivey's an NBA talent. I think it's very apparent right now, but you know, St. Peter's—that's doable, if that makes sense. I Me, mean, Jaden Ivey's Jaden Ivey. We all know that, but like they have, as Savino said, they have the tools to guard a Jaden Ivey or have a chance. I mean, they don't—they don't have anyone for Zach Eady. And the thing is about Zach Eady is that he's not even really the best big on Purdue's team. He's just a million feet tall. That's my personal opinion. I think Travion Williams is better than them.
1: Oh, like, I agree. In terms of talent, in terms of athleticism, I mean, they said it on the broadcast last night. They said Matt Painter was, or Matt
0: Painter said that Zach Eady basically beat him out for his position. And you know, credit to Travion Williams. Not many people would say, you know, you know, this is this is terrible. I, I'm not going to play. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to have a bad attitude. That's not Travion press it, Williams. Or press
1: the big red portal button. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so I, I give a lot of credit to Travion Williams. Uh, you know, for taking that taking that. Bench roll and really becoming one of the best bench players in the country, obviously. But with that said, I think I think Travion Williams is a better basketball player than Zach Eady. But Zach Eady just has the fortune of being seven foot four. So,
1: how good a basketball would I be if I were seven foot four? I'm kind of just thinking that to myself, as opposed to five foot seven. No, I've never seen you play, Chris. I mean. But, like, that has to give you, like that, – that, like, narrows, like, the skill set that you have to develop when well, you're that yeah, I tall. mean,
2: especially it's, like, okay, once you're – I mean, if <laughs> if you're already growing that much, there's not that much basketball to learn. Like, at that point, you're being put into <laughs> – you're learning basketball. You're joining your high school team. No, I know. You're getting recruited to colleges. You're getting to do basketball, not full-time, but a lot, like – I'm sure I could have developed pretty well if I <laughs> played basketball past age 12. <laughs> Cause think,
1: yeah, because think about it, you've got like a four or five inch uh, advantage over pretty much every other college center, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And NBA center. yeah, Like three and, or yeah. four, maybe, and yeah. the tallest
1: of I, I mean, you're like, in addition to that, you've also got to take into consideration the fact that, you know, layups become a lot easier, finger rolls become a lot easier. You don't really need like a great vertical to dunk. When you're seven foot four, I, I think mm-hmm.
0: the problem, Chris, when you get that tall, is hand-eye coordination. Yeah, I think one thing. I mean, I'm ragging on Zach Eady this entire can we just talk? I was gonna but say, but I think a Zach I, hate train. I, He is, he's good. Like I'm not saying he's bad. Like I just Trayvon Williams is better, but Zach Eady really does a good job with his hand-eye coordination. I think he's very poised in the middle. Like I, I mean, I'm saying it again. I don't, I don't think he's a bad player. I just think the guy, right. he, the guy who backs him up is better. But. You know he's Zach Eady does a really good job with hand-eye coordination and being able to actually be on a basketball court. I think, I think height. Someone sees someone's height and they're like, oh, you know, he should be amazing at basketball. But really, that's not the reality. You really have to work on your skills. You have to be poised in the middle. I mean, there's a lot of people like going at you like when you're that tall, and you also have to be really, really uh, physically strong, very coordinated. You know, in a general sense, not just hand-eye coordination. Um, and Zach Eady's definitely coordinated at that height. You see a lot of tall people or tall, yeah, tall guys in general, not be, being not very coordinated at that height. So I think Eady does a good job with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that that's something that's easy to overlook when you look at a player like him. The other thing to keep in mind about Zach Eady here. Let me see if I can get more info on this. He was like a hockey prospect. He's from Canada. That's true. Yeah. He was a hockey prospect. Which is kind of crazy to think about, and he also played baseball too, which is also um, fascinating. <laughs> that that strike zone, right. yeah. So I'm trying to I'm trying to see if I can find any info about his uh, about his hockey career. If I find any, yeah, I, won't I need relate I to need you. to hear
0: this because Zach Eadie on a hockey on, on the ice rink, like I, I can't even I can't even begin to think what that would be like for for the opposing teams. Dennis, do you
2: Dennis, you a hockey fan? Uh, not really. <laughs>
0: yeah so uh,
1: oh, okay um yeah great. he was uh when, i mean when he was in high school he was 7 3 285 pounder um he was like just under seven foot when he was playing hockey um so like he just sort of picked up basketball in 2018 so he was like all right well uh let's try basketball and then that's impressive actually
0: because yes he's 7 4 but for all the reasons that I just listed as, as to why being 7'4 doesn't mean you're automatically a good college center. Like, that's impressive for him to pick up basketball that fast and become that good. It's, it's a te- honestly, it's a testament to his work ethic. Like, he's he's definitely, he definitely, like, belongs out there on a college court and looks like it. I mean, it's not just because he's 7'4. He did get put on a poster by Cliff, but that's beside the fact.
1: And also, I'm, I'm, I'm reading an athletic article about it. Um, here's a quote from uh, one of his coaches. He said, um, Playing hockey, you have to skate, get up and down, and have balance. He's got tremendous balance to get up and down the floor. He's also a pitcher in baseball. It says, Think of a pitcher's mind and analytical nature, having to reset your mind after every pitch and then the touch on the ball. He brought all those things to the table right away. That jumped off the page.
2: Imagine having to face off against a seven foot three pitcher. Like, that's a couple inches. Like, how, how tall is Randy Johnson?
1: I don't know, but he's not seven foot three. I, I yeah, not seven that. foot Randy three, but like, Johnson. <laughs> it, it's got
2: to be even more terrifying. 6'10. Yeah. So Randy he's Johnson's just 6'10. 6'10? Yeah, no, that's part of why he's <laughs> such a weird guy to have to. Uh, bad against because he's this gigantic man not on the mound throwing at like 800 miles an hour not
1: to mention six uh, he was seven three 285 pounds so like there was a decent amount of force behind like his pitches too Mm -hmm. it's not like he's tall and like really really lanky like chet yeah well that's
0: another that's another conversation (laughs) i mean I, i just talked about sorry sorry before i go into chet holmgren do we have any other uh final final thoughts
1: on this conversation no, <laughs> nothing, Chris. No, no. I think I've said everything I need All to right. say about Chet in Time. Oh, okay. Um,
0: I I don't know. I, I I really don't have anything against him. I just don't know how he will translate to the NBA if he will. I mean, we were talking. I was talking about Jaden Ivey. I, I think Jaden Ivey's NBA ready. He's gonna he's gonna be good. Like I I got no I got no bones about Jaden Ivey. Chet, like I I don't know. Like he's just like so small. Like, he's seven feet tall. He's, like, what is he, seven one or something? He's under 200 pounds. Like, do you recognize what I'm saying,
1: right? Yes, now? I do. Mm-hmm. To be under 200 pounds at that height is, like, absurdly skinny. So, here, like, me... He's got there's the meat physique. <laughs> like,
0: people, people will point to Kevin Durant. People will point to other, you know, players in the NBA who succeeded with, their, with being skinny. But Kevin Durant's never that skinny. He was never that skinny. And Kevin Durant's one of the most gifted scorers we've ever seen. I mean, I feel
2: like the I mean, probably the closest parallel would probably be like Giannis. Because Giannis was pretty skinny at one point, but I don't remember how skinny.
0: Like Chet looks like almost He, he, he looks like almost unhealthy skinny. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, like, Chet
1: is like, so here, everyone rags on Kevin Durant for being skinny. Do you guys know what Kevin Durant's height and weight is? I
0: actually I actually do know this. Or I know at least the ballpark. I think Kevin Durant's list was he listed 6'10" now. He's Six, listed 6'10". 6'10" and he's like he's like I want to say like 230-240. 240. Yeah. See, like Kevin Durant like he's skinny, but like he's not Chet is a different level of skinny in my opinion. And they also play different type of different types of positions. I mean, Kevin Durant's more of a more of, has guard skills, obviously, and then he's yeah. also, like I said, one of the most gifted scorers we've ever seen, and he has that jump shot. Chet, I mean, I haven't watched him religiously, but he's more of a big man, and going up against the likes of I mean, list, list the bigs: Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Carl um, Anthony Towns, one Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, name them, name them, name them. There's a lot of guys in the NBA who. Well, just simply overpower Chet, and you know he's got the length on him. He might be able to block shots, but I'll I'll just be really interested to see how he translates to the league. Because I mean, I haven't seen a guy that skinny. But get into the league, he's
1: not going to be 195 pounds when he's playing in the NBA. I at mean, least, at least he better not be. For his own we'll sake. See. And I don't we'll mean see. that as like if hating he, on if him, he's I'm able, saying it like, you know, for his own like health and safety.
0: If he's able to put on if he's if he's able to put on weight in the NBA and we're looking at a different type different Chet Holmgren when he comes into his rookie season, I'll say I'll say, Okay, now we're talking. But at that at that weight, under two hundred pounds is seven feet tall, and seeing his build, I, I just don't see where the success can come. But no, hey, if he's if I've he's been,
1: with that build, I think you're right. We'll but, see. I we'll just, see. I mean, look, look at the transformation Giannis made from when he was drafted into the NBA to what he is now.
0: That's very true, Chris. But I, I again, I, I haven't seen anyone as skinny as Chet.
1: No, I know, I know. I, I mean, like, I'm also a bit surprised he hasn't, you know, because okay, he's the same no, weight um, he was in high school, which is kind of concerning.
2: I'm looking at it now. Giannis, when drafted, 6'9", 196.
1: So yeah. What's Chet? What's Chet's height? Seven foot.
0: Is he really only? I thought he was like seven one. Uh, he's sure. listed seven foot. Goes. Okay.
1: On Wikipedia, at least. He was 196. You yeah. Said? Okay. That's With like three what, inches. Three inches. An inch is like five pounds, height. give or take. That's like the general conversion. So like six nine to seven foot, you add fifteen pounds. <laughs> I
0: mean, not to mm-hmm. keep talking about Caleb McConnell because we just talked about his height and weight, but <laughs> Caleb McConnell weighs more than Chet Holmgren. And Caleb McConnell is like six seven
1: inches. Could probably Garham too, but uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a uh, that's another another. Debate. I like Chet. <laughs> no, I have I no I'm reason hating for it, on him, but I, I like him. <laughs> nothing, I got nothing
0: against him. I'm just like it's more about like the draft mock, like the mocks that people have. Everyone has Chet Holmgren like either one or like two or three, like right up there. And I'm like, I, I
2: don't mean, a know. lot of it's because I mean, despite everything in terms of being a big, he's seven one and or he's seven foot and can shoot the three ball fairly well. Like in the modern NBA, that's incredible <laughs> like it, ha- having a player like that um can absolutely open up what your team can do even if he's going to get knocked around a little bit
0: yeah i mean we'll we'll see i think a lot of it i think I've, I've said this a lot once we talk about nba topics i mean a lot of it comes down to where you are who what team are you on what type of organization did you come into you know is the management good or is the management you know, New York Knicks slash Los Angeles Lakers (laughs) level of incompetent? Or, you know, do you have a good squad around? Do you have like a squad like the Phoenix Suns do? I mean, look at DeAndre Ayton. How good was he? How good is DeAndre Ayton if he doesn't have the squad he has in Phoenix? I mean, maybe not that good. I mean, do you have that type of supporting cast or do you have, you know, the bare bones of the NBA? And that will really dictate a player's career because there's only like two people that I could think of who – maybe three, maybe three, three people that I could think of that would have been as like as good as they are right now no matter where they were. I mean, those three people are LeBron, Katie, and that last person is Giannis. I don't know. Those three are the only ones where I could see.
2: Giannis took a while,
0: though. He was a project. Giannis was a project, but I think just looking at him now, I think he could have been as good as he is anywhere. I think those three guys are the ones.
1: Yeah, Giannis also had like a leash in the sense that he was in a small market on what was at the time an abysmally bad team. I think they won fifteen games. Is either the year before they drafted him or the year after? I think it was after. I, I, think, I think I think so too. Yeah. Well, Giannis like,
0: came in like 15th. he wasn't. No one expected Giannis to like you know come
2: in and tear stuff up all like
0: this. yeah. I like, mean that's also immediate. true. He
2: was like the 15th draft pick. He was definitely I mean, picked like, like he was a project.
0: LeBron was like if LeBron didn't come in and average like 25 a game, you it a bust straight up right there. So there's different types of expectations there.
1: That's my point though is he didn't have that burden. It allowed him to grow his game slowly. True. Like cuz his first year his stat line was 6.8 points per game, four boards a game. He shot he actually shot 34% from deep that year. Just kind of kind of weird when you consider no, he's not that good of a shooter. Did uh, he
2: shoot three three-point attempts? He probably, yeah, it probably is. <laughs> yeah, what's the, what's a the, what's sample the size, per game? <laughs> uh, a starting?
1: I don't, I don't have that in front of me, but I can find he that. He didn't even start. He only, he only, he only started 23 games for rookie year. And then within three years, he was averaging 23 and nine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, that's what, that's the benefit that Giannis had, is that he had the time and he was in, like, I'll put it this way. If the New York Knicks, Sorry, Chris, before you go, he averaged 1.53 threes
0: a game in his year. Okay. Okay. Oh,
1: Continue. there you go. Uh, that's actually higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. But um, the point I'm trying to make is, imagine if he, were driv- he was drafted by the New York Knicks, where a team that has been miserable on the court for years, has a fan base that's very impatient. You have to deal with two New York radio stations who are just dedicated to... Giving underperforming New York sports teams a, a, an infinite amount of grief,
2: and us who aren't dedicated to that, but we will laugh.
1: Yes, yes, uh, Dennis, you're 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 a master at that. <laughs> um, and imagine if the guy they draft in the first round averages six points per game. He's a skinny kid from Greece. No one had heard of him until like right before the draft. Do you think he would have been able to thrive in that situation?
2: Yeah, and I mean, I guess that is the the benefit of small markets. And I mean, I think it's something we're seeing more as, I mean, obviously, salary cap era of (laughs) football and basketball continue forward is that the benefits of being in a big market, at least on the court, on the field, whatever, don't really outweigh the negatives where a lot of the positives of being in a small market being that you are still generally getting about the same level of talent, but not having to live up to the same kind of expectations and being able to rebuild a lot more slowly without as much attention uh, certainly helps a lot of these teams in smaller markets that can then say, okay, yeah, we are rebuilding, give us a minute. <laughs> we're not New York. You don't have to look at us <laughs> for the next couple of years and maybe it'll be a bit of a laughing stock for a couple of years, but they won't necessarily be the laughing stock of their own <laughs> towns. I mean, I remember like what the Bills were not that long ago, or even what Kansas City was not that long ago. <coughs> or, or what the, the Dallas Cowboys are now. Well, I mean the Jets are in the major market. They're, oh, they're oh, the enough, that they're they're the downside of that where yeah. they are in the big market and Having a more difficult time rebuilding because they're feeling the constant necessity of shuffle.
1: Oh boy, do I hate that team! <laughs> I hate them. They they've they ruined my childhood. They're the reason why I have trust issues. And, and they're just you know, I I could I could spend another hour um, ranting about the Jets. <laughs> but no we one know. wants to hear <laughs> that. No one wants to hear that. I've done <laughs> <We> it before. <laughs> it's not the it time before. of year for that. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. March,
0: not not oh, oh that
1: reminds me. We've got five weeks until the NFL draft. You know what that means, don't you, Dennis? I do know what it means. What does it mean? Tell the people what it means. Tell Uh, Jack what it means because he's new here.
2: Yeah, Jack is new here. Uh, We're going to have our really funny uh, mock draft where we split into probably fairly small teams. I heard about this. We've
1: got got, 20 members of the sports department. Yeah. So we could break that up into like, what do you want to cap the teams at, three people or four?
2: Three at max. All right,
1: so that gives us like six teams.
2: Yeah, because have- I, I do want to have, I, yeah, I, I do think it would be nice to uh, let people not have a whole lot of teams to manage. Um, and I think we have a fairly diverse fan base. So if people are getting their own teams, then it's still reasonable. But yeah, we we mock draft, we do trades, um, we we change the history of the NFL as we may know it. Uh, it's great. It's a really great time. <laughs>
1: no, Chris. Remind me, Dennis. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Jack. Sorry. Uh, one one thing I want to ask Dennis. What did who, we do who? last year for making the teams? Did I pick them or were they randomly drawn?
2: I remember, like, oh, in terms of selecting who got which teams or.
1: In terms of, like, who got assigned into groups with each other. Did I assign that? I don't remember.
2: I think you assigned it. It, it might have been random to some extent. Okay. But I, I don't i don't remember the exact process but i didn't like pick my team okay, <laughs> okay. i don't know that anyone did. yeah here's what
1: i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna send a message in the good old group meet tonight and then yeah, on friday i will unveil the teams and then let, let the uh wheeling and dealing begin <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry jack I, I i cut you off you you were gonna say all good all good um are you going to the pro day tomorrow did you hear about that oh um i can't make that i have class um so no i won't be able i won't be able to go to that are you going to that
0: yeah, I think I'll be able to make it. I have class you, at I have class at twelve, and then it usually gets out around one thirty. So I think Oh I'll yeah, you got able, time. Well, then I also have a class at three fifty. So I'm like Dylan, Dylan. Oh, or targum you, McCoy. you should
1: be. I mean, I, I can't speak to your targum uh, responsibility, but you should be in and out of there by then.
0: Well, no, it's really about the class. I mean, tar- I don't know what I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be, but I was like, I
1: n- no. McCoy, my point is, uh, I don't think you're going to be there for two hours. Is my point.
0: My thought. My thought process was McCoy. I. I don't. don't McCoy, obviously, but uh, McCoy. I. I think this is definitely worth it to go to. Oh yeah. If and I F- class, if I missed I would like go. if I if I missed like a little bit of my 350 class, then so be it. Like I. I think it's it was it, Pacheco and Bo who were doing I, I are think there. so, yeah. And where wait, I don't even know where it is. <laughs> like I it gotta should be on Bush, like, wouldn't it be? I, I would guess. I, would I gotta think so. I got I gotta clarify with McCoy. But yeah, okay. I I think it's going to be fun. Is anyone from WRSU coming?
1: Uh, No, not to my knowledge. All Tuesdays nice. are like a very tight availability thing for I'll us. A, Guys, we've got to end the show. We've got to end the show. <laughs> Scott Einhorn coming on. We'll do a double, double yeah, availability. We just got to eight. I <laughs> like how you said that. Chris, real
0: quick, I'll do a double availability
1: for the WRSU Targum. Okay. All right. Then you'll double be able duty. to produce a, Yeah, okay. Great. We'll talk more <laughs> off air. but.